I don't believe in free speech. I don't believe in free speech. I can't stand what they teach. I don't believe in free speech. I can't stand what they teach. I can't stand what they preach. I don't believe in free speech. Tell us about the the New Yorker's latest atrocity (laughs) masquerading as journalism. Um, do you still get their like weekly update emails where they send out the highlight of their their No, I unsubscribed issue? to them in disgust okay. quite a while ago. Um, so I got um, their email last week and I typically just delete them automatically because if there's a article that I want to read, I'm going to read it and find it s- some other way. Um, but this one caught my eye f- to talk about on the Daily Huzzah because the... Um, the subject line for this one said a hookup app for the emotionally mature. And I thought, oh, this is going to be good. I'm going to have to read this one. So then I opened the email and it said, in today's newsletter, we are announcing the family issue, a new digital issue. So basically they did um, a whole week of family related stories, basically. Um, And every day they released a new story and some of them had to do with um like here's an interview with a divorce lawyer who works for all the rich people the rich and famous here's like uh why you should get a prenub even if you're not super wealthy and you know all these different things but the one that caught my eye was um hookup app for the emotionally mature which seems like a bit of an oxymoron maybe (laughs) But uh, <laughs> so I, I already sort of told you about this one because um, when I got the email, I read it out to you and we had like a little mini discussion about it. Um, but yeah. we'll, we'll go through this one again um, for all for of the our listeners listeners benefit just so you can in case you forgot what a shithole planet you're living on. <laughs> so the tagline of this article or byline, I suppose it's called. Modern romance can feel cold and alienating. Field, F-E-E-L-D, by encouraging open-mindedness and respect, suggests a way forward. So, it's written by this woman, Emily Witt, um, and it starts off with her own personal story. She says, in the late summer of 2020, when much of normal life was suspended, a relationship that I had been in for several years abruptly collapsed. I was 39 and scared by the idea that I would not be reproducing the kind of heteronormative nuclear family I had grown up in. I wandered the sidewalks of my Brooklyn neighborhood where discarded masks littered the gutters with a sense of having been exiled from my own life. You know, that just sounds like you're going through a breakup. I don't think that means that you're no longer going to be like able to reproduce the heteronormative nuclear family that you had growing up. <laughs> yeah, I'm over here doing like the <laughs> face palm that, you know, <laughs> listeners cannot see. I'm over here just like shaking my head silently. Yeah, and she goes on to like explain, you know, um, what it, it sound, what it feels like to have a breakup you know my apartment didn't feel like it was my home you know I could set a glass of cold prosecco at my favorite bar but the people I used to see there seemed to have vanished and then she of course brings up um, Murakami's 1Q84 she said that she felt like a character who climbed down a ladder into a parallel existence in which things appear to be the same but nothing really is did she also say who then goes on to do nothing for three more books that should have ended after one. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is just all of a sob story at the beginning of this article, which I think is just really what helps make this a masterpiece of terribleness. Um, so she talks about her own breakup when she's just like complaining. Um, and she said, um, I... It did not take long to understand that there would be no ladder back to the world I had known and that the portal to wherever it was that came next was probably going to appear on my phone. This is when I downloaded a dating app called Field because we're living in a modern nightmare world. And it's weird that like throwing in the word heteronormative at the beginning throws me off because this is just like a woman talking about a breakup like I got to have let me make sure that I'm following so far. My relationship ended... She's 39. She's 39. Okay, I'm 39. My relationship ended and I'm freaking out because I'm alone and don't have any kids and I'm wondering what I'm going to do. So 
Okay. So she downloads this app, this dating app, this new dating app called Field. So she goes on. Field describes itself as a technology for open-minded singles and couples who want to explore their sexuality. It is free to sign up, although a paid membership priced at $12 a month offers perks such as the ability to conduct specialized searches and let someone know that you've liked them before they've liked you. As on most dating apps, the profile leads with photos which range from smiling couples in formal dress at weddings to torsos in bondage gear. Below the photos is a caption that might read, Upside down smiley face, 31, transmasculine, gynosexual, three kilometers away. That's that's weird. That's my most common search on dating apps. <sighs> Be quiet. So Field was started in London, um, and it is today available in more than 100 uh, countries. So you can join and make an account that is linked with a uh, current partner, or you can join as a single person. And you can choose from among, oh, just take a guess. How many different categories of gender and sexuality do you think that this app has? (laughs) 68 or something. Okay, 20. That's, that's still a oh, that's, lot. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the app is popular with non-binary and trans people, married couples looking to spice up their li- their sex lives, hardcore BDSM enthusiasts, and digisexuals who prefer their erotic contact with others mediated by a screen. It is a place to be yourself. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really an interesting way. It's a really generous way to put that. It is that, a place. That, like, like, Complete, see, a completely neurotic, antisocial personality where you spend all of your time like, like talking to people through screens and masturbating instead of leaving your apartment and actually having real relationships with people. That's a identity now, apparently, (laughs) not a, not a, not a a condition. There's a name for that. I'm sorry, I'm trying to just like uh, hang, hang with this here and not like talk about this, this uh, specific. This specific subject and story rather than like just flying off the handle about just all the, the peripheral sexual mire they were in here. <laughs> the, the, the sort of the bog that we've sunken into, you know, uh, that, that put it, we'll put a pin in that and come back to it. That requires some explanation, I know. So, okay. <laughs> so it's continue. described as a place to be yourself or to play at being someone else. So this woman, the author of the article, says that on field, she has seen self-identified lesbians who want to have sex with men, men who desire lesbians, and heteroflexibles. Okay, time to jump in. (laughs) Here we go, people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's like, no, sorry. You don't get to be, you don't get to be a lesbian who has sex with men. That means you're not a lesbian. Words have to mean something, people. Like I just said, what, what was this in the uh, uh, Academic Vault episode I just did where I was saying the same thing. I found myself saying the same thing, which is like, look, if I start like having sex with a bunch of men, but I keep going around saying, don't get me wrong, I'm not gay or anything. What is this, a joke? That's like That used to be a joke people would make. Like some stand-up comedian, I remember back in the day, he did this, th- I can't remember who this was, but he was, you know, he was like, Gay, you know, gay, gay men, that I get hit on by gay men, you know, sometimes. And um, it's, 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 I, I don't mind, actually. I kind of like it, actually. It's kind of fun, you know. It's like, so I'll just, I'll actually, I'll talk to them and just hang out with them. Sometimes, some, uh, sometimes I'll even um, go home with them and uh, make love to them, actually. But uh, in the morning, the joke's on them because I'm not gay. You know, and that's, I always remember that joke because, like, that was a joke then. But now it's real. You know, like you could like, like who, how is that not being, how is that not being a super seriously repressed homophobe? Mm -hmm. If I went into a therapist and I was like, I keep having sex with men, but you got to help me out here because I'm not gay. I mean, I would think any therapist worth his salt, which there probably aren't many of those left now, who wouldn't just like give you the, the, the woke agenda down your throat. But I mean, I think. Like, I would think that a therapist would need to say, mm, you know, maybe you are gay. 
<laughs> not like mm-hmm. that. But I mean, obviously, there's some shit going on, you know, and that's just the way people are. Another example, uh, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not a racist or anything. I just don't think black people should like be able to like, you know, have nicer cars than white people that. OK, well, that is racist, right? You can say, don't get me wrong. I'm not a racist or anything. I love it when people say things like that because it's such a great example happening in that moment of like you can't think of yourself in that way and you won't think of yourself in that way but your actions define you as that thing like no 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 because that happens all the time you're saying you're sitting here like you know somebody's going off on some something it's like like some anti-semitic thing or some racist thing or some super sexist thing or some homophobic thing or whatever and then they realize they're getting backed into a corner. They're saying something where they realize they're starting to look like something they don't want to look like, and then they get defensive, and they start saying, no, 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 you're twisting this around. I'm not this. Do you think you could just say, I'm not this or that, and then that means that that you're not? So, like, if you're a lesbian who gets on a dating profile, like, you know, like, lesbians looking for dick, you're not a lesbian, Okay. Like, like, I'm sorry if that, if, if your whole identity is based around being a lesbian and if you're not a lesbian, now you feel like a normal person or something. Is that what it is? Like, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not straight or anything. I'm not even bisexual because like straight people, obviously, Jesus, we wouldn't want to be that. But even being like bisexual is a little too straight and narrow for me. I mean, I'm definitely gay. And I've known people like this personally who are like, like, like women who are like, you see them in the bar every night. They're all up in your face about how gay they are. They're always like, they want to make sure they're like the kind of people, you know, hi, I'm so-and-so. And within two seconds of meeting you, they want to make sure that you know that they're gay because it's like their whole identity. Then they're hitting you on, hitting on you in the bar later. And you're like, I'm sorry, aren't you gay? Yeah. <laughs> Had a woman say, actually, actual quote woman say, why am I attracted to the person inside regardless of their gender, right? Now that's a whole identity thing too. And I'm like, okay, that's okay. Like, I'm not sure that I believe that, but I could see where that would be maybe some, you could argue philosophically that like that would be like, maybe things would be better that way. If everybody, if I could see that argument, if you said like, if there were no such thing, if we really didn't see gender, then that's like a whole identity now, right? It's like, I'm gender blind. That's like, I, I'm, I'm this gender blind sexual. That's my sexual orientation is gender blind. Mm-hmm. But they still... Like, I've known people who would make that argument but still claim to be gay. And those are just incompatible. You can't say, like, and what they mean is queer. And what they mean by queer is not a normal chump like you. People like that do, you know, like, underneath it all, they just don't want to be, like, <laughs> this, again, <laughs> this is not to say that that gay people aren't actually gay or trans people or whatever. What I'm saying is there are people... There are like if your actions begin to seriously uh, conflict with your identity at a certain point, you got to deal with that. And if you're not dealing with that and you're just repressing on all four cylinders, that you know that something's gonna go at a certain point. You right. know, I think we know that psychologically. Um, if you're a lesbian, if I used to have a lesbian, a really good friend of mine, many many years ago, who was a lesbian. Absolutely no question, hardcore all the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> absolutely, that was her personality, straight down the narrow, uh, straight down the line, lesbian. She would tell everybody she met, like, we, we would go to bars and shoot pool with, like, you know, you know, have, you know, we'd end up shooting pool against a couple frat boys or something. And it was like a big kind of thing. She was like one of her favorite things. Let's go kick these, let's go kick some ass. Let's kick these, let's kick some soch ass, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, she would make sure, like, you know, we go out to bars, and she she was very, like, feminine um, presenting. So men would always hit on her, and she would always talk about how gross they were and what assholes they were and how much that pissed her off. Don't they know I'm gay? I think I made it pretty obvious I was gay. And that all made sense, and she was a really good friend of mine. We hung out a lot. The problem is, like, about once a month, she'd get really drunk and end up having sex with a Marine. And it was the same story over and over again. It was always, like, a Marine. <laughs> <laughs> this happened like multiple times that so she would get drunk and go home with men. And I did, you know, ask her diplomatically, like, do you find, do you, does that make you kind of feel, think twice about any, you know, cause like, 
like I've said before, like I was just saying, like if I got drunk and went home with a man and had sex with him, you know, I would have to question my own sexuality at that point. Mm -hmm. But she was having none of it. I mean, like no matter how many times it happened, it was just like he took advantage of me. Very, very obvious. And absolutely refusing to examine the possibility that maybe there's something going on there. <laughs> no, t definitely. Um, well, this, so basically the, the, the thing about this article um, and why I thought it would be interesting to talk about is that this app is like marketed as a dating app for grownups. Um, she says, I describe this app to my friends as the, gro the grown-up hookup app. By grown-up, I mean not only that its users are above a certain age, but that they favor a kind of maturity and decorum. By hookup, I mean that this app facilitates not only romance, but sex, broadly defined. It is not the place to find your down-to-earth, no-drama girlfriend or your partner in crime. So she says all that, and then she goes on to talk about how you set up your profile and you pick these desires, sexual arrangements, or fetishes that you include directly on your profile for a dating website. I don't understand anything you just said <laughs> about, about like, how is this? First, okay, first of all, I want to go back to, like, what what is the New York, why is this, like, a, a feature in the New York Times anyway? Why are we, why is the New York Times featuring a new way that, like, people get together to fuck? It's because gone you are know? the days of Woody Allen writing for the New Yorker. Yeah, exactly. I mean, why, why are we featuring, like, I mean, why don't we just go ahead and start, like, printing personal ads uh, of, like, like the like guys who, like, go around to rest areas to try to, like, find guys to have sex with in rest areas. Let's also not forget that this was the first article, the very first article in their Family Week edition. Oh, right. That's right. This is their <laughs> Family Week yeah. edition, which is really, boy, I mean, just way to feed right into the hands of the uh, the... Like there, there's a lot of people out there with their like cat in the hat go Brandon mugs who were like, you know, fucking libtards are at it again, trying to destroy the family. I mean, that's the thing. Like people say, like when people talk about this stuff, destroying the family, <laughs> I, mean, I don't mm -hmm. say things like that, but like, you know, usually people who say that they, that's because they have a very specific idea of what a family is and they're not going to entertain, you know, like they, they, they see like a gay family and they're going to get really pissed off. I know that's not the point that I'm making, but what I'm saying is <laughs> the New York Times calling this is like fam it's family week. How to meet new people to fuck, even if you're already married. Bored with yeah. your marriage, your wife's starting to look not so great. It's kind of sagging after those couple of kids, huh? No problem. <laughs> I mean, it's really like gone of the days, like you said. So the author goes on to say that um well, I wanted to make one point um, that she mentions that uh, a lot of people on their profile will say, um, I do not want to have, I'm not interested in cis men. I'm not interested in straight people and I'm not interested in white people. Those are the three examples that she gives of like the most commonly. Um, so basically that's just like the required groups you have to hate now if you're woke. Right, exactly. I mean, that's so exactly what that is. She says that this app is like revolutionary and mature. The well, the app for grownups. Yeah, why is it mature? Why is it mature to? Why is any of this have? What does any of this have to do with maturity? That's what I keep meaning to ask that. <laughs> How is this the mature well, she, dating app? The the author claims that um, this app takes away the possibility of being rejected. And she says a romantic rejection could mess up your brain chemistry for months. And this app has helped when deciding with whom to spend time to know in advance which lane you were in and what was reasonable to expect from another person. So wait, so so first of all, how does it how does it like remove the possibility of rejection? And I'm just going to ignore for now that dystopian uh, nightmare of like 
you know, being rejected can be very bad for you psychologically. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's best to avoid rejection by taking no chances, but the- by specifying ahead what type of person you are most compatible with. But the thing that's absolutely ridiculous about that sentence is that like five paragraphs below that, she explains, I made this account and I sent this message to this couple and I was like, wow, you guys seem really great. I'm super into you. I would be really interested in meeting. And she's like, I never got a response. So um, I'm sorry, girl, but you got rejected. <laughs> so it doesn't um, make it so that you there is absolutely no uh, rejection. <laughs> yeah, she said <laughs> one of my first messages was to a male female couple who were dressed in black and sitting on the gnarled trunk of a fallen tree. The man was holding a crooked wooden staff, making them look like they belonged to some kind of wizardy coven. At the time, um, I was reading this book called High Weirdness, a story about magic. You guys seem so cool. I would be very into this, I wrote. They didn't respond. (laughs) In the hood, we call that being dissed. (laughs) Uh, Rejected. You got rejected. And then she goes on to say that half of Fields users identify as something other than heterosexual, So the company tries to be as responsive as possible to variations in language. It allows users to change their gender selection on their profile up to three times. Only three times. Gosh. So it's basically just this kind of like essentially kind of like like just a very woke friendly hookup. You can change your sexuality as many times as you want, but you can only change your gender up to three times. Ah, well, that's only going to get some people through the day. I know. I, it doesn't really seem that inclusive if you ask me. I mean, seriously, in all seriousness, I mean, that like, why would you have a rule like that? That's just destined to fail, it seems like. Yeah. So she said that she has several unmarried and childless female friends who have also started using Field. Um, we were none of us very young. All of us had been hooking up with people for large swaths of our adult lives. Maybe and we had gone through the alone. evolutions of Internet dating from web based services to apps. The other apps for all their creative prompts had never stated the question the question quite this plainly. What kind of sex did we want to have? It helped to the, di- the dynamics that might upset the balance of a domestic partnership or be too embarrassing to propose to friends were less fraught to bring up with strangers. Sex with people outside of our everyday social circles often offered the freedom to remain undefined. Field could serve as a laboratory setting in which one could articulate a desire to try new things. Erotic hypnosis, say, or tactic massage, and discover a willing and experienced collaborator. At other times, we're offered something we could not have thought to ask for. Whereas some others like to present themselves as edgy and experienced, Field was also a place where you could state plainly that you were a prude or nervous. Suddenly, good sex wasn't only a spontaneous connection of chemistry, but a wide range of scenarios that could be engineered. Any sense of privacy was an illusion. A man whose profile contains photos of his face, who states his desire is to get pegged, is as visible to his co-workers and his friends as he is to anyone else browsing the app. But the compartmentalized nature of the encounter is offered the promise of sexual experimentation without public declaration." This setup perhaps held special appeal for anyone who did not want to suffer the real or imagined judgments of their colleagues, relatives, or friends. It's just so fucked up. It's just, it really is like, it's like Christopher Lash, you know, and Neil Postman must just be like rolling around in their graves. You know, because like just the, you know, just the sort of narcissistic... Just that completely like antisocial, narcissistic... Thing that is going on here I can't, I can't even begin to put into words exactly right now like how to how fucked up on how many levels that whole statement was and the fact that the New York Times is like this this is oh, like New their, Yorker. Or the New Yorker yeah. rather is like that this is their you know they're like featured you know piece this is their this is like what this is like a featured piece for the day or something the the reason why I wanted to talk about that article is that after that, um, well, the same day they released that article, they also did one that I thought might be interesting to talk about um, called What Should a Queer Children's Book Do? <laughs> right. um, but other than that, 
everything that they've released since then in the family issue has been very just straightforward. Like, here's an article about forgiveness. You know, is abortion sacred? Um, uh, proving that the state killed your son, the bizarre bird that's breaking the tree of life, the secret art of the family photo. Like, Nothing is interesting. As... So this is their family week and it's just they're just including it's just like so like the the whole week isn't like queer issues or whatever, but like But they started off but with they started that. off with that. So they're being right. they're, they're like including so in family week you have like how to avoid mosquitoes and and food poisoning at the family cookout and also how to find people to have sex with if you're bored with your wife. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a story about like a, do- a guy who adopts um, senior dogs. Uh, prenups aren't just for the rich people anymore. Parenting advice I was given and didn't take. Kids who lost their parents to COVID. My father's bad seats at the opera. Like. All over the place. Yeah. But it's nothing else is like. I mean, here's I guess the- here's um, a basically like a field guide on how to download this app. If you're like in your 30s to 40s and meet crazy weird sex psychos <laughs> to hook up with that you don't know. And this is this goes into the family issue. I don't really see what the difference is between this and just like Tinder or something. It's all just people like looking to like have sex with total strangers and making dates to have sex with people. So and why would you be calling just gives it you, the grown up app? Then? Exactly. It's not a mature app. It's just an app with more. It's just an app with more. uh where you can control more of the parameters. So you have just more search features and more filters that allow you to specifically narrow down the people you're looking for more. So instead of just jumping on there and going like hot, you know, not hot, not hot, not, oh, she's kind of hot. Um, and you say, I'll send her a message. You have a hot mouth. And then if she responds back, thanks, then you can like try to meet for a date to have sex in the bathroom later. That's tender. And then Gross. instead of that, this allows you to search to make sure that like that, that people are like sufficiently woke for you or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you just have like more so that whoever you're going to be, you don't even have to waste time talking to people unless you're already sure that they hate white people, they hate men and they hate cis people. Right. Um, you know, that's cool. But I mean, it's not more mature. It's just you just have more search options so that you can you can once again try to avoid feeling bad emotionally, which is pretty much like the, what all of this shit is really about in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you know, one of my little, my thesis statement here, you know, uh, all of these people were raised playing on safety playgrounds where the lesson is that you can't get hurt. Don't worry. We're not going to let you hurt yourself. (laughs) And so, you know, everybody's OCD basically. Now, um, you know, the, the idea is like, we cannot tolerate the idea of injury of mm-hmm. any kind of being hurt and then what you do is you overstate harm to an insane degree so being emotionally uncomfortable turns into being emotionally harmed and being emotionally harmed turns into being physically harmed my life is in danger what you end up with is my life is in danger because this person made me feel emotionally uncomfortable by, by asking me a question that I didn't like <laughs> or by unintentionally calling me she because I'm wearing a dress and have long hair and we're wearing makeup. And, right. you know, 99% of the culture, she would be a safe assumption. This person didn't get that. Now I'm fucking devastated and I have to go into therapy. Um, so your emotional discomfort is construed as your physical organism being in danger and being threatened. So yeah, what you end up with is is shit like this though, with, you know, with here's more parameters because you shouldn't have to deal with emotional discomfort. When you're looking to go find somebody to have sex with with no strings attached, you shouldn't have to be uncomfortable in any way. You shouldn't have to go the days of like having to go on a date and feel out a situation. Maybe you don't like the person. I get the impulse to want to avoid a bad date. You know, everybody's been on bad dates. And certainly from a woman's point of view, you know, you go on a date with a man who makes you feel very uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. a man who is pressuring you and making you feel unsafe, you know. Um, Maybe meet him in a public place and don't go to a private place with him. Believe it or not, ladies, you actually do 
have the ability to do that. I know sometimes weird shit can happen and you can end up in a dangerous situation. But a lot of times, like maybe don't go back to his apartment. If you don't feel safe with him, maybe don't go back to his apartment at three o'clock in the morning with him and then go, wait, wait, how did this turn into a sexual situation? What did you think it was? (laughs) The whole thing of like trying to figure out a way to have sex with total strangers in a completely risk-free environment. This isn't the 60s anymore, you know? I mean, what is this? What are you, Austin Powers? You know? <laughs> Groovy, Where they're like, oh, baby. by the way, like, this is the 90s now. And he's like, well, as long as I can still, as long, as long as there's still drugs and alcohol and I can have promiscuous casual sex in a consequence-free environment, <laughs> I was, I'll be sound as a pound. Okay, so this next one, I'm surprised that you haven't heard it about it before or I mean I assume you haven't heard about it before because I assumed you would tell me but get ready for this one okay All right. you're gonna want to be sitting down <laughs> there is a summer camp in Portland Oregon called budding roses that sounds good it is a social justice summer camp never mind So Portland has this free two-week program where fourth-grade to eighth-grade students can explore social justice issues, youth leadership, arts activist games, and more. So it's like a Hitler Youth School. (laughs) So this is an article that was posted on the Daily Citizen, which is, a, I think, Portland article. But I also have the Budding Roses page pulled up. Um, So the Budding Roses uh, camp describes themselves as we strive to provide a free, safe, and empowering space for East Portland youth to learn, express themselves, and engage critically with the social justice issues that impact them. We seek to help youth cultivate the necessary tools to be active community members through experiences of collective decision-making and provide opportunities to lead and facilitate through direct involvement in democratic education. So a lot of this, you know, is not doesn't sound bad on the surface. Like I grew up in going to alternative learning schools like, you know, expeditionary learning and uh, Padea based schools and whatever. Um, They say we believe in empowerment through education while also understanding that mainstream education often reproduces structural oppression and disempowers youth, particularly low income and youth of color. So. What do you do at this camp? Let's say you're going to send your little baby fourth grader off to Budding Roses camp. What are they going to be up to? Well, since uh, COVID, the Budding Roses camp had has not been offered in the past two years, but um, they provide their resources online uh, that you can print out. So there is, to begin with, the Budding Roses protest and chant book. And as the article on The Daily Citizen points out, this is it's not a book filled with traditional camp songs like Kumbaya or On Top of Spaghetti. Little anarchists can learn songs like Solidarity Forever, the labor rights song from the international workers of the world, or there's Woody Gunthery's lovely little dirty All You Fascists Bound to Lose. <laughs> One chant from the book for children, um, Caution Language, reads... The whole damn system is guilty as hell. Indict, convict, put those killer cops in jail. The whole damn system is guilty as hell. You know, if nothing else, this, uh, (laughs) like, when conservatives, I'm putting that in quotes, you know, some of them are conservatives, some of them are, you know, just people who maybe are just in the middle and who question some of these things. But like when people say that they're concerned that you're indoctrinating children with highly politicized values, you know, this is what they're talking about, Mm -hmm. you know? And the same thing, like I keep mentioning, like our elementary school down the street is, you know, the children have written identity, diversity, justice, and Black Lives Matter in 20-foot-high letters on, on the front of their elementary school, you know? Yep. I mean, <laughs> these kids who <laughs> obviously, like, you know, that's not any different. I mean, how would you feel if 
you know, somewhere else, like you hear like, you know, oh my God, we just heard in Ohio, they're running a, a camp for four to, for fourth to eighth graders, you know, where they te- they have a giant banner of Trump and they talk about how Trump is the new Messiah and the blah, 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 blah. I mean, there are like people who are raising, right? There's plenty of kids out there who have like Go Brandon hats and stuff. Yeah. But when you see those people, you think that's evil. You think that's pure evil. You think that's like the worst thing you've ever seen and it's so terrifying, frightening. Well, you know, again, just be conscious of what you're doing. You're like, you're brainwashing kids. And some some people might say like, no, we're just we're just instilling our values. Right. But, you know... First of all, first of all, you know, like admit that that's what you're doing. That you're, you know, you're not, you're not, pre- you're not presenting a a. Uh, we haven't taken morals out of education. We've just replaced them with a different set of morals. Exactly. You know, that used to be like traditional values. We're taught heteronormative values, Christian values. This was a fundamental part of education was to produce citizens. You know, who were educated with with a certain set of values and once you take all of that out and you end up with just like trade schools um a lot of people have been saying for a very long time you know they've been studying the effects of that you know christopher lash talked about that how like the you know the the dissolution of the family you know neil postman talked all the time about about um you know what happens when you take god out of school is you know you end up with this this you know you end up with a moral vacuum where people have no idea why or why not to do anything because they haven't been taught they've been even raised in a sort of valueless vacuum of an environment mm-hmm. um but you're still being raised you know the values i think more and more now we're getting education is getting back to a really like a really moral education now. It's just a different set of morals is what is what it is. It's just a new, different thing. So teaching elementary school kids, you know, that there's no such thing as gender and that all cops are fucking pigs and murderers, you know. Um, I saw somebody's, like, just some stupid... It was just like a tweet, I think, and it said, if a girl tells you she's a girl, that's what she is, no matter what her biology is. If a boy tells you he's a boy, that's what he is, no matter what his biology is. Mm-hmm. Along with it, though, it says the third part is like, if a cop tells you he's not a murderer, he's a liar or something like that. You know, basically, I just thought it was just a really stupid, unimaginative thing that, of course, got like five million likes or whatever. But. What I found to be interesting about that was just that connection. Like, why? what do those things have to do with one another? Nothing. Right. But, of course, they do. What they have to do with one another is that these are the sentiments shared by our tribe. This is what we believe. In this house, just like we could walk outside right now and somebody's got a sign in their yard here that will say, in this house, we, we believe, believe in science. You know, and we believe science. Women. Trumps us. Women, yeah. All women are sacred because of their sacred womanness. But there's also no such thing as gender. And love is love. And everyone deserves love except this, this group of people. And all opinions matter except yours that aren't woke. <laughs> of course, I'm adding the second half of all those things. But the point is, <laughs> like, in you know, what we believe is transgenderism and we believe cops are fucking murderers. Like, those don't have any – why are those on the same tweet? Because they're part of the same just like gang mantra. You're going like, it's just it's just somebody saying, it's just somebody chanting their slogans that yeah. aren't even related. Those things don't even belong in the same tweet, but they do because these are the kind of people we are. We hate cops and we love trans people, <laughs> you know? But, you know, and there, there's, again, that thing generating hatred of cops, you know, but I, you know, am, am I saying that, that, there aren't any crooked cops? No. Am I saying that cops are never violent assholes who overreact and abuse their power? No, I'm not saying that at all. Some of them are. Some of them do abuse their power, obviously. And what do we do to stop that? We fund the police in order for them to be trained properly. And the thing is, too, people, you need to realize that every time a black man is shot by an officer— it becomes a viral news thing. Do you know how many times a day, like the police accidentally shoot some white crackhead and nobody gives a shit? You never, you just, you don't hear about it. And also, by the way, 
Okay, so not only that, like, you know, the police do bad things to, to white people too, by the way. But also, much more importantly, probably, do you know how many times a day the police do an unbelievably competent job of protecting the public and risking their own lives to do so without anything going wrong? Everybody that's listening to this, do me a favor, okay? If you don't know the show Red Letter Media on YouTube, <laughs> it's, you know, it's kind of like came out of that kind of tradition of mystery science theater, but it's different. It's fun. It's a good show. Look up Red Letter Media Surviving Edged Weapons, okay? Mm-hmm. Everybody should go watch, I guess you could find just a copy of Surviving Edged Weapons. Um, it's an old police instructional video. Everybody should go watch Surviving Edged Weapons immediately. And maybe this will give you a little bit of appreciation for just how dangerous it is to be a police officer. And you try to keep your cool. You try to keep your shit together when somebody, when you realize that like every time you do anything as a cop, every time you stop somebody in a routine traffic stop, it's possible that person is going to be like stabbing you in the eyeball with a razor blade or pulling Mm -hmm. a gun on you or a knife on you at any second. Yeah. You can't evaluate the actions that people take under that kind of duress as if they were just calm actions in a living room or something. You mm-hmm. know, again, again, this is not to say that there aren't terrible cops who abuse their power and even, you know, people who even have committed murder out there. But it's just like, well, I just th- feel th- like it's they're... just a fad of hating the cops right now is what I'm saying. And it's and it's really you know, they're going to do a lot of defunding. And then, you know, I, I mean, there's, there, I've talked to people about that before. And I've said, like, well, I, I'm sure you're going to call the cops if you need them. And they've been, not me. I'd never call the fucking cops. You can't call the cops. If you're a woman, you can't call the cops. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're not white, you can't call the cops. The only people who can call the cops are, I mean, they really believe that if you're not like a cis straight white man and you call the cops, the cops are going to show up like the droogs from a clockwork orange. They're going to kick the fucking door in singing, singing in the rain and raping your wife. <laughs> they're going to show up. Like, seriously, because they're like a, a roving rape gang from a clockwork orange is going to show up and like murder and rape. That's really what they believe. That's how they talk to each other. And they just keep reinforcing this idea. Anyway, didn't mean to get off on the cop thing, <laughs> but it just made me think of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, just, yeah. it's, it's, it's tiresome. Well, this, um, I think the most shocking thing about this, I mean, it's not even shocking at this point, um, but the fact that it's being um, advertised for fourth grade to eighth graders, like that's, those are babies. And the materials that they have available for you to print out and give to your children because of COVID restrictions are nothing I would have, I would ever give my fourth grade to eighth grade child it's it's ridiculous like in this book of chance they have included a chilean feminist protest song that reads the patriarchy is a judge that judges us for being born as women we are punished by the violence you don't see the patriarchy is a judge that judges us for being born the crime is fr- the crime is femicide. The judge lets the killers go. They make the women disappear. The crime is rape. It wasn't my fault, not where I went or how I dressed. We know the rapist is you. We know the rapist is you. It's the cops, the judges, it's the state, it's the president. It's the state that's our oppressor. It's the rapist government. We know the rapist is you. This and is, it's like, this listen is to this they're, song. This is, this is something they're handing out. Yeah, to like fourth graders. Yeah, this, what, this is part of the like curriculum what, materials. This this is a this is a school. This isn't a public school though, right? Oh no is no no, it, no no. This is a summer camp. Right, it's a summer camp. But like people can take. I mean, like, how is this fucking legal? Like, if I want to start like a neo-Nazi summer camp for kids around here in Burlington, where I tell everybody that Jews are evil and black people are taking over, mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of difference between this joke that I'm making and that pamphlet they're giving out to children. There's no fucking difference. The only difference is that. I'm talking about black people who are awesome and you're talking about white people who are awful. Mm -hmm. And there's so many different things like you can you can print out their entire curriculum online. Um, They just put it up there so it's widely available. They there are videos that um, ask kids to reflect on white supremacy um, that includes like cartoons where boats of white people are shooting cannonballs at minorities There's a coloring book that you can print out. It's called the Black Lives Matter 
coloring book, it also has a bunch of different pages for uh, transgender affirming. Um, Everybody has the right to choose their own gender by listening to their own heart and mind. Everyone gets to choose if they are a boy or a girl or both or neither or something else. And no one gets to choose for them. And it's like you color in this picture of like a trans person and they give you um, a little pamphlet on how to uh, create uh, how to deal with tear gas. It says tear gas for Portlanders. Oh, my God. It teaches God. campers on what to do if they come in contact with tear gas. When the evil police show up to tear gas them. Mm-hmm. Jesus. But that comes after they have a like pamphlet on Oregon, how, yeah. to, um, how to uh, create uh, anti... Oh, yeah. How to create... Um, graffiti in order to get across there it teaches how to make their own protest drums and how to to graffiti the streets so basically you send your kid to this this how is this place not like shut down oh it's not only shut down honey not only not shut down oh no, 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 no no it's winning awards it is it won in um 2018 it won the spirit of portland award as nonprofit initiative of the year. That's okay, but this is still like within Portland, and you know who's in Portland. I mean, like, <laughs> everybody I've ever known, I've known lots of people because Portland's one of those places that that like confused young people with no imaginations go. They're like, I'll go to Portland. Just like it's like you know, back it's always something, right? It's like, yeah, I'll go to Austin. I'll go to Seattle. I'll go to Portland. Yeah. So they basically their mission statement says um, we want to spark conversations about race, gender, the environment, disability, justice, youth activism, and more. Can I just say they don't want to spark conversations. That's the last thing they're trying to do. They disallow conversation as a rule. I, I, I really wish that's a real pet peeve. I really Stop saying you're trying to spark conversations about inclusivity. You're not. That's You are shutting down all attempts at conversation and debate. What you mm-hmm. want to do is fucking brainwash people. You want to you want to educate, and if necessary, re-educate. They um, they go on to say uh, we knowing that this was a vital time for youth to be learning, processing, and raising their voices. We focused on the majority of our we focused the majority of our kits on anti-racism. Our goal was to promote collective problem solving on issues. Uh, of policing, abolition, and community safety by providing supplies and guidances to our campers. We are uploading these activities to make them easily accessible to anyone who shares our goals of liberatory education and youth empowerment. You know, it's funny. It's always it's always that kind of terminology, and this is why I know I always I'm always comparing um, everybody to Nazis. You know. And everybody always gets mad. They're like, oh, you can't. What's that old saying? Like, once you once you make the comparison to Nazis, you've already lost the argument, which is like a great way of shutting you down and making you feel like you're supposed to be ignorant for making that comparison when it's perfectly apt. I mean, there was a documentary a while ago on the Hitler Youth Schools. Like, everybody go watch that, too. It's the homework, everybody. Watch Surviving Edge Weapons so you can have more sympathy for the police. And watch... This documentary on the Hitler Youth Schools. I think it was it was it was okay. It was either on, I think it was on Netflix. I could be wrong. You know, if you watch that documentary about the Hitler Youth Schools, you know what's really amazing though is how much like the language is exactly the same. the 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 whole spirit. You got to understand. Like like we imagine like Hitler Youth Schools as these like places of evil. We imagine Hitler Youth Schools to be these places where evil people were deliberately brainwashing innocent people with evil ideas, knowing that they were evil. I think that's how people imagine, which is like, that's a great way to completely miss the point and learn nothing from history. What you got to understand is it was the complete opposite. It was exactly the same vibe that's going on in Portland, Oregon. That was the vibe at the Hitler Youth Schools. That was the vibe in Berlin. Right. That was the vibe. They really honestly believed that they were reshaping the world for the better. They what they were social justice warriors. Okay, Mm -hmm. the Nazis (laughs) were fucking social justice warriors in their minds. They were remaking the world. They were purifying it. And that's exactly what these people are doing. Mm -hmm. They are purifying the world of the patriarchy. 
you know, and among many other things. Uh, that is what they're doing. And this was the same attitude back then. And the children were very excited. And they and actually there really was a spirit of of excitement, camaraderie, and love, and excited like like we love our country and we are gonna become the best damn Aryan champion youths that we can be and we're going to make everybody proud of us and we're and like one day oh my god i heard that the fuhrer is going to be three cities away let's go try to see him from a mile away like the beatles you know i mean this is what they believed they that you know so you got to get that idea out of your head that like well they were bad we're good that's why nobody ever learns anything and nothing ever changes you know what needs to happen though is that at some point, somebody's got to figure out that what matters is you can't dehumanize other people. Everybody's always going to disagree with other people. Nobody's ever going to feel the same as everybody else, right? There's always going to be opposing sides. But when you start dehumanizing the other side, and that's what we're teaching these fourth graders. We're teaching Mm -hmm. them to completely dehumanize whole swaths of people based on their race, Based on their gender, the majority of the the majority of the human population. The only people who are good is this small subset here. Pretty much all men are terrible. I mean, if you're a man, (laughs) and by that I mean, if you were born with a dick, you better fucking be gay, and then we'll put you at the bottom of the pile. I mean, white gay man will put you down at the bottom. We have lots of problems with you. Uh, a, bla- a gay man of color, you're a little higher up. You know, we'll keep going until we get up to the top with like biologically female, trans, uh, uh, black or <laughs> woman of color, whatever at the top. But I mean, the point is like you can't, you just got to stop dehumanizing whole swaths of population like that and just brainwashing children into doing this like should be stopped and instead it's winning awards. So I don't know what to say, but I can sympathize with why everybody gets so fucking angry at these people. But at yeah. the same time, the people on the right are doing just as they're doing the same shit. Well, are they way. giving their children pamphlets on with uh, very explicit chants? And uh, here's how to deal with tear gas. Here's how to, to graffiti a city. Well, the thing is that, that uh, you know, it's it's different. Like they just want to protect the kids. Wait until they're well, in ninth grade. That's how they see it. That's how they see it. That's the thing like that. Don't say gay, Bill. Like, we're just trying to protect kids. You're not going to come in and fuck my kid up with this. Well, and then, of course, that. that's going to be, just... that's going to be, but that gets framed as we're attacking trans kids. Yeah. I just don't, I mean, bottom line, you have to decide, is this something that your kid who's in kindergarten to, to eighth grade, should they even be worrying about this? They're like learning how to use a fucking calendar. As we now know, they're learning how to use a calendar. They're making friends. They're figuring out yeah, who these, they these are. Kids are like, well, they're being, they're being, they're having values shoved down their throats before they ever will have a chance to, to form their own values. And we're supposed to know that that's not great. That's why you can't go out and buy cigarettes. You know, you can't choose to like start drinking when you're eight. Like, I, you know, I, hey, I, like, like, there's no such thing as an eight year old going. I had a hey, long man. day at the on the playground. I need a cold one. Yeah, there's no <laughs> such thing as an eight year old going like, like, hey, man, I embrace this lifestyle. Don't you think you're drinking a little too much there, Billy? Ah, fuck it, I'm good. You know that doesn't it's work. Very normy, Norm McDonaldy. <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, fuck it, I'm all right. On account of I'm eight and I'm depressed about all this woke shit you've been shoving down my throat. 